0: Welcome to another episode of Majoring in the Minors podcast, a podcast where we talk about how the majority of people focus on the minor and insignificant things in life. Your hosts, as usual, Mahi and Louis. For you, first of all, what gratitude would mean if it comes to fitness or training or life in general? Or Are you guys one of those hippie guys who talks about it? Because I like to be grateful for a lot of shit in my life. And secondly, how do you feel about all the, like the, the buzz things that happens in the fitness industry? I know like Dan and I talked about it as well, like hyper complexity that happens in the fitness industry, especially powerlifting to a certain extent. Um, so yeah, first thing we are going to open with both of you. What is, what are you grateful for with life training, whatever? Yeah. and just grateful to kind of just be able to keep going, keep
1: moving forward and make, make some kind of progress in some aspects. I think once you kind of stop learning you stop progressing it's game over
2: yeah um I think gratefulness is really just like a form of reflection right so like I'm super grateful that I'm even in this position regardless of COVID or not like I could stop working for two years when I'm engaged and about to plan a wedding to go to a foreign land and like better myself and get another degree so that I can provide a better life for my family. And like, I don't really have to worry about like, like I'm in a place financially where like, I don't super have to worry about money. Right. Like I understand I'm not really going to work for two years. Like I'm in a place where I don't know anything and like having this life experience so that I can better my life back home is like, I'm just great. Like it's not that anything that happens in my life. Like it's not that bad because I'm in a pretty good position and like, Just thinking about gratitude is really just like being aware of of being aware of your life and other like how good it could be or how bad it is. Right. Like it's usually not that bad if you really think about it.
1: Yeah, there's always somebody that's got it worse. There's always somebody that's
0: is going through more. So just be grateful that you've got the lot you've got. Now, sorry, Kyle, this just popped into my head because I jumped between branches a lot you said foreign land i actually want to know what like what's something that you've experienced in the uk that you it's just like a head scratcher for you you're like what the hell why is this happening
2: um i mean like it's pretty similar to where i'm from like everyone speaks the same language it's just like everyone kind of smokes cigarettes here and like they're kind of okay just like i don't want to stereotype but like i don't know like even in my school in back home like 90% and up is an A in terms of like grades and here like like 70% and up is an A and like I feel like the standards here are just like just a little bit lower for everything everyone I don't know if like that's just me having high standards for everything or like just like it's okay to like not be as awesome as you could be and I think that's why like like a lot of people like you guys helping people like the bar is already set lower. So when people make like a little bit of progress, it's like a little bit more of a big thing. But like maybe that's just me like having high standards for my entire life. But like, that's what I've kind of noticed about this foreign land. If that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think
0: you're right in the sense that it's a little bit like personal as well. Like, dude, I'm Asian. You know, my parents are still like... (laughs) disappointed in me because i'm not an engineer anymore right so sometimes like it's a lifestyle that you grew up with that like everything you do like there is a certain standard for it um but like from from the other aspect i think maybe it's i don't know like damn what do you think is it the fact that like we just i think opportunity in a sense like when there are so many opportunities available in so many different areas like you don't need to be really excellent in one thing like education as important as it, as it is i think nowadays like people are just kind of going slightly away from it because like you can like people are more aware that education is not the only way and they like they they are willing to be like at that 70 percent and then like have side hustles or something like that
1: i think like here in the uk like there's so many more like you said there's so many opportunities and everything is so much more accessible like It it seems to be like as time's going on, the accessibility to to just lots of different things is just increasing
2: all the time. Yeah, I think where I'm from, like it's complete opposite of that, right? Like everything's getting way more competitive, like every day, like I had like pretty much like 3.9 out of four GPA. And like, I couldn't even think about getting into physio school in Canada. Like I've had friends with a 4.0, like there's only seven physio schools in Canada. And, like, regardless of, like, how I, what I think about how they teach physio, like, everything is so competitive there, in terms of school, in terms of, like, jobs, in terms of, like, pretty much everything, housing.
0: Mm. Yeah. Like, again, that would be kind of for us, but like, for me back home, but then here, it, and that's what, like, I it, I don't know if you guys know or not, like, I did... Uh, my core, like I did, I studied at university. uh, I did my bachelor's in electrical and electronic engineering, then a master's in business engineering, and now I'm a PT, right? But those were just like my, (laughs) like my family's expectations of me and they wanted me to do that and everything else. And then like being in this, being here, realizing that I have other like kind of pathways for me that like I can actually enjoy and like, you know, be successful and go down that path. And suddenly I was just like, you know, fuck it Shit, I have to cut that out because we're not meant to cross on this. Uh f- <laughs> actually, you know what? Fuck it. Louis, Louis is not here. He's the one who always tells me I'm not meant to cross. um, so yeah, like I, I got to like actually go down the path that I really enjoy. And like I to be honest, as a like if I go back to when I was 15, 16, I never thought this would be something that would even make me money like or even would like I would even like think about going down so I think that the idea of like having opportunities maybe an abundance of opportunities also not too good because as you said like it brings the quality of stuff down because people just like oh I can get away with anything right and I think like that's what uh, COVID taught a lot of like again in our industry a lot of PTs were just like kind of Riding the high of oh, I'm just making a little bit of money here, a little bit of money there, and not necessarily having a good business plan, and then COVID hit, and a lot of them like just uh, sunk down and they couldn't. I think get it's up. also like it's an accountability
1: thing. So if they can get away with it, there there will be people out there that will try and get away with stuff, no matter what. Like, and that's not just in PT work, but in any industry like you know, physios or engineers, if there's people that can get away with something, there will always be the characters that get away with it. But the people that stick around are the ones that have that attention to detail or accountable and want to deliver to that higher standard. And all that's going to happen is, over time, is the ones that don't will fall off. And COVID has been one thing that has definitely helped thin the herd, for lack of a better term. That was maybe not the best choice of words, but... <laughs> but <laughs> well, you get the idea like you know however from a uh, social media has unfortunately also allowed for lots of pts to crop up do like a weekend course or in some instances i've seen i've seen accounts this week of pts that aren't qualified that are charging to be quite frank metric fuck tons of cash to coach people like who are you? What have you done? How many reps have you got in the tank? None. Like, you can't be an online coach, in my opinion, unless you've done reps in person. Because it's one thing looking at, a, looking at a video to see if somebody's stuff's gone wrong. It's another thing to look at it in person. But I think that, to some degree, like, like we were talking about gratitude, like COVID has massively improved my gratitude to be able to do my job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, some degree, I guess it's been a little bit of a blessing. Yeah, again, probably not the best terms, but
0: yeah. you get it has idea. been though. It had like I'm gonna be that guy. Like, obviously, it's bad. Obviously, tons of people died, and like a lot of lives have been affected by it. But also, from a way, like I've always been of the idea of maybe because a lot of shit has happened to my to me in life, is that like whatever kicks you down gives you the opportunity to grow and like, you know, get better. Right. So this is like hard times will always uh, yield better. I don't want to like people like, it just makes you better at what you do or you sink and you're, you're done. But still, I think like yes, overall. It's perspective, it was a bit. it's perspective all the time. Yeah. And like, So that's how I wanted to open up with what I, people know me, I complain about social media all the time. So I was trying to be like, kind of not say it again. And that's why I was like, Oh, like, you know, giving credit and like stuff like that. But yes, it is like, you know, like I see a lot of online PTs now, they're just doing, they're just good. marketing. Sorry. It's
1: people that are just good at marketing.
0: Yeah, marketing. Yeah, they just know how to like film something and make it look good and just talk about it in a way that sounds interesting. And they just happen to be skinny. And then well, they can they sell a picture, anything.
1: They Take a picture from a certain angle and it looks great for Instagram. It gets loads of likes and then loads of people jump on board with online coaching. Despite, you've got absolutely no idea what you're doing.
0: Now, uh, with that, like, because I had this conversation with Kyle Trainer, right? And I think like, Cause he was bringing up the idea like, you know, uh, a couple of years ago when Facebook ads were just new, that's why fa- Facebook ads were doing really well at the beginning. Right. Cause like they were just new, they were novel, like it would grab people's aden- attention and stuff. But nowadays like on Facebook, like the moment we see something, we know they're trying to sell, it, it's an ad. You just like roll your eyes and like your brain's kind of conditioned to pick these things out. So I have a feeling of the more these type of PTs, like with this online businesses are, like you know popping up and creating this thing like our brain is kind of getting better and better at kind of detecting the bullshit and like people are becoming like kind of immune to it like it's kind of like a i don't know they're building herd immunity towards bullshit on instagram we get desensitized to it
1: like like we know what's bullshit we can smell it a mile off and it soon
0: fades out of view exactly so i feel like they can ride this high for maybe a year or so, but eventually like it will crash down. Cause like, if you, if you're not improving, if you're not making your message better, and if you're just giving the same thing, like jumping lunges, whatever you want to call them, like over burpees over and over again, eventually like people will be more, um, especially with this need of like, you know, evidence-based practices becoming more and more like uh, relevant in the fitness industry. Like, people want to know reasons. Yeah. And also, like, I mean,
1: I think with it as well, like, the last 12 months, maybe slightly longer, has shown people are more willing to go and exercise when they don't have the option to do it. So, hopefully, with the current situation, we'll be able to see an influx of new people to fitness, people that want to do it the right way, as opposed to those that over the last twelve months have been doing hit workouts day in, day out, and then all of a sudden their ACL blows off because they've been doing jump squats for five hundred reps a day. Mm. I, I can't remember where I read it, but it's been like a increase in ACL injuries just because of lockdown.
0: I guess is no surprise to anybody. No. Kyle, what do you have to discuss, you know, as someone who's going down the physiopath?
2: Yeah, like I feel like all of this is like, it's still, it's moving towards people wanting to understand, but it's still people just wanting to know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? Know what to do. And like the immediate gratification that they're getting the right product from someone's Instagram selfie is still enough for most people, which is so hard, right? Like even, even Dan, a like, super strong guy, Someone sees you pull a big lift, you have immediate credibility, they buy coaching from you. Like that's all it takes. Be relatively strong, be relatively aesthetic, something in the middle. And then you have credibility. Like they don't even have a conversation with you. They're just like put their credit card in and all of a sudden they have a pro. Like now they're your client. Yeah. Right. So people still don't want to, don't want to understand. They just want to know because I feel if they understand it kind of like shows them how much they have to do to get to where they want to be, especially with weight loss. It's like the most simple thing on the earth. And if people just un- like understood about like macros, energy balance, stress, water, and sleep, Then they would be like, it's so easy. I haven't done it for so many years. Now I feel bad about myself. Yeah. Or like now they just hire a coach. They give them a plan. They don't follow it. Don't get results. Then they just blame the coach. Yeah. People just don't want to take accountability. And I still think that it just gives them an out because if they just wanted to understand a lot of people wouldn't even need a coach. I think as well,
1: it doesn't help as well that this whole section, like the fitness and health industries, we're not, like the information put out between ourselves, the government, and even like across different compartments in the industries, there's nothing standardized. Like, you know, you you have information about protein intake. You think by now, the protein intake for the average male would be more than recommended at 72 grams. You know, I, I genuinely don't remember the last time I met what they called was the average male, which is a five 5'10, 72-kilo man. Like, I don't think I've ever met a man who's 72 kilos and five 5'10. Like, man,
0: how tall are you? Uh, 5'11, I think. Because I know you're in centimeters, like, uh, 174. Okay, so you're not 5'11, but... Yeah, is that? I don't know. I that's why I don't know the number. I know you're, you're five eight. eight. You're the same height as me. Oh shit! Okay, <laughs> sorry. I, I don't know feet. I don't know feet and inches. My bad. What's, oh shit! No, I'm not five eleven. That would be too tall. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So
1: like, and and you you weigh how much? Uh, seventy four. Right. Exactly. So you're not five foot ten, and you definitely and you weigh more than the average man. I'm 5'10 and I'm just shy of 100 kilos now. If I was 72 kilos, I'd look like a rake. <laughs> it's just not normal. And to set for it still to be saying for people to set, that they need to eat 72 grams of protein or the, the average female needs to eat 2,000 calories, it's garbage. You know, like my girlfriend, she's doing her level three PT course. And they're still saying that women need to eat 2,000 calories. No one across the board is actually being that helpful from a qualification point of view or from a position of power. It actually has to come down to the individuals that want to do it properly.
2: Yeah. With those recommendations, like everything is based on research, right? (laughs) I get it. The same in my program, like I paid $100,000 for them to tell me research that's from like 30 years ago, right? Because the things that actually matter can't be quantified enough for a university or the government to implement. Yeah. Right? Like they have to definitively show something in research for the government or a university to ever pick it up and teach it to people. And like, we're so far away from that because like there's so many intangibles and research is literally the opposite of life. Randomized control trials control everything. Real life controls nothing.
1: Yeah. The thing is, and all you to do is just, it's just best practice. Like, you wanna be leaner? Eat more protein. Feel more full? Eat more protein. Eat more fruit and veg. People get away with all that kind of stuff. And they, they go for juice cleanses or, you know, whatever kind of fucking stupid
0: diet that comes out this year. Hmm. But, but it's also human nature though like cuz one thing i noticed like i was like I'm, i, I scoff at all these like you know people who just give you a quick fix in the fitness industry and i'm like oh another another reel or tiktok or whatever the hell's like popular now and then in the same breath i see a guy like talk about stocks and he's like if you want to make money and my brain immediately goes like oh that sounds. It's because I don't know anything about stocks, right? But then I have to catch myself. I'm like, dude, you were just laughing at someone. But that's the information, right? Like, as someone who doesn't know about training, will see that detox thing, and it's like, oh, it's a quick fix. The same way I would see something about like buying houses and flip, like flipping it and stuff. I'm like, oh, probably that's how you make money without knowing. Like you know, the reason behind or like how deep it can go, right? So it is to a certain extent, it's human nature to want those things, like you know, quick fixes. I think though as well, like certain people are more conditioned to that
1: instant gratification. People don't want to do the work. Like uh, I'm quite fortunate in the fact that most of the people in my family have worked really, really fucking hard, like to get anywhere. So. (laughs) <laughs> that's going to go on the call great so like, because they've had this opportunity to work really really hard from basically nothing like, it set the standard for what I expect to do as opposed to just get it handed to me like I don't want to be handed clients I want to prove that I'm the right coach for this person have the conversation and show them look this is what we can do as a team but it's, it's going to take work not interested in quick fixes, and I'm sure you guys like, you know the drill. Like, it's not about like going from day one to day three and getting better. It's
0: putting a little bit in a time, consistently over a long period of time. Isn't that like? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not shameless enough to steal this. I heard it from Joe Rogan, and I loved it. It's like a quote that hard times breed hard men. Hard men make times easier. Easy times breed. Uh, weak men, weak men make times harder. Yeah, so like same. You know the way you said it is like you know you brought you were brought up in a family that like you know if if they have to work from zero, you learn how to work from zero, right? But like I don't know if you make life too easy for like someone in the future, then they probably don't know how to work from zero. That's why, and probably this is why I shouldn't be a parent. I am thinking of if I ever have kids, there is. Hope I'm going to get arrested for this. There's one point in their life that I'm going to make them starve because I have, <laughs> like, I had to, I've, I've, I don't know, like, if you guys feel true hunger, if you've actually had to feel true hunger, I've been fortunate enough to go through periods of my life that I just could not afford to buy anything. And I was living on digestive boxes for two weeks. All right, like a digestive biscuit a day or like two biscuits a day. It, it was quite fun. Don't ask me why. But like, because I went there, now I'm in a position that I was like, I never want that to happen to me again. So, and I won't let it happen to me, right? So I think like, if I ever have kids, I am going to do that to the kid to realize, or I'm going to fake bankruptcy. I've always, I, don't, I this is how crazy my mind goes, guys. I want my kids to know what a tough life look like, looks like. So I want to fake bankruptcy for like a year or two. Just to make them deal with like you know secondhand shoes and like make them like live that shit life, so they can like, appreciate money more. Probably there are better ways to do this, but that's how what I've come up with. Man, I think you need to see somebody. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, probably tormenting kids is not a good idea. I don't recommend. I think
1: you, I think you need to be renamed Saruman for that quote.
0: <laughs> uh, damn it! But. <laughs> It, it, it's my, like, obviously I won't do it, but like, that, that's, that's one thing that I've thought of. I won't do it, I promise. It's just teaching
1: gratitude, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Making, sh- like, again, we're coming
1: back to gratitude again, like having awareness that anything you have can disappear, it can go away. So being grateful that it's there now, being present, that's massive.
0: So, see, again, this is Mahan brain for you. Uh Uh-oh. If, see, we know, like, imagine you're like, you know nothing. You haven't experienced anything. And I can explain to you, and I can go to as much detail as I can of why putting your hand over a flame will burn you, right? And I can tell you everything. I can give you so much example. But until you've been burnt, you will not fully comprehend or encompass what it means to be burnt. So even if I teach these stupid kids, <laughs> hypothetical kids, what gratitude is, or like what like you know being like you know not having food is, so they can appreciate it. If they've never experienced it, they will never fully understand it. Yeah, but I, I no no totally I, I I do agree with you uh, that it is about gratitude. And it's about like you know just teaching people like you know. I think it's the power of hypothetical. You don't necessarily need to experience stuff, but it's always good to be open to imagine how things could be, right? Yeah. Like realistically, you never know how good you got it until it's not
2: there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's like two ways to go about that. You either experience the things or you actually open up and talk about how good your life really is right? Like me and Dan shaking our heads when you're talking about like eating a cookie a day. I've had a fridge close to me my entire life, gratitude, right? But when you think about other things, my parents told me all the time, don't drink too much alcohol. You'll regret it. What, did, what does every kid do in their teens and twenties? They <laughs> get blackout. And then in the morning I say, oh, I'm never drinking again. This is terrible. And then I do it 30 more times and now when I'm an adult I understand like okay like this sucks right so unless I people don't if people can't experience being super broke probably right starving unless their parents starve them but like the alternative to that is like actually talking about how our lives are and how good they are and being grateful and expressing that gratitude out loud and now like I understand my life's not that bad. When I hear someone else talk about their experiences, yeah, I can only compare my experiences to my own experiences unless I talk to someone.
1: Like I, I, I remember when my parents used to tell me the story where they'd, they'd go out and do a paper round of an evening, just to make sure that they could finish putting food on the table for the week, and like they would treat themselves, and, and I don't, I don't know what the cost was then, but like, next to nothing, comparatively. Like, you know, their treat once a week would be a pack of wine gums and a mint Aero bar. That'd be it. Like, the concept of having to do paper rounds to make ends meet, I know people now that be like, no, that's beneath me. Like, nothing's beneath you.
0: Yeah. Be appreciative of what you do have. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, for one of the examples that i can give is like that like it's it was a very humbling experience and it, i think i've talked about it in some other podcasts as well is the idea of like there like there was a big shift and that, like i'm going to give you the reason because like again because i'm from iran my country got sanctioned to hell around 2011 and suddenly like i just know like there, there was nothing no support coming back because my Mom was in Iran at the time, so I just got no support whatsoever. And I was working at Tesco anyways, to just like kind of make ends meet. And then that, te- and as a student, I could only work too many hours. So that Tesco money would just had to cover everything else. So, like, everything just went down to shit. And I distinctly remember this moment of I used to go, I, I was a student, you know, Kyle said it, we used to go get drunk and blacked out and let's like just go to clubs and everything else. And I immediately changed from the guy who was going to the clubs and ignoring these flyer boys. I remember like, you know, whenever you go out, like there are a bunch of people trying to get you to a certain club to becoming one of those flyer boys because that was like cash in hand. And I was technically, again, hopefully know what this is. I mean, I'm, I actually have my citizenship. They're not going to take it away from me. But like, I always get scared because I forget that. Um, that like, I wasn't meant to work. So I had to do cash in hand. So suddenly from like being the drunk asshole part of, oh, fuck, I, ah, oh, jeez. Okay, being from the drunk person who would be mean to these guys, I suddenly became one of them who was trying to get his own friends to to the to the club, and I never forget that moment. of just like, you know, that that, that changing attitude of like the, the way they would like. I was like, damn it! Like this is how I used to look at these guys. Now I'm one of them, and like I felt like my friends would look at me like that. But also there was like a sort of a pride that like you're out until 3 a.m. still giving flyers to drunk people and then getting making that money and be like. You know what? I can still make something and survive, right? And come out of this and eventually like now just like go whatever the hell. And now I guess that's why I'm bad with money. It's just like I, with food, I never spare expenses because I feel felt like felt true hunger. So now I'm like, if I want to eat something, I'll eat it. Nothing will stop me. So again, just like that's gratitude. I'm, I'm kind of happy. This kind of went like full circle and we started talking about gratitude and now we're back here again. But yeah, sorry, that got dark a little bit.
1: Yeah, you're going to uh, blank out the bit where you said you're going to starve your kids.
0: That, I, yeah, so that bit, I'm still <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> this is okay, this is, this is going to turn into like, you guys get to know a lot about Mahana, you don't necessarily need to know. But my, my parents are divorced, right? So I'm always like, my biggest goal is to be the, like, a really good dad, because like I didn't have that in my life, right? But then a good dad is not, like, then in my head, I'm like, I don't want to spoil them because that's not a good dad. A good dad will never spoil their kids. That's why I keep thinking maybe I should starve them or maybe I should fake bankruptcy to put, like, I want them to be set for life. So I want to introduce constructive hardship.
1: This is where we find out that Mahan changes kids up outside (laughs) them the benefit of shelter in the cold. (laughs)
2: I mean, I think like being a good dad is everyone has their own definition of that, Mm -hmm. but some sort of constructive hardship is definitely necessary.
1: Yeah,
2: There's a lot of people who, even me, for example, I'm pretty much probably going to have a kid as soon as I get back home and start practicing physio, right? But my thing was like, I want to make sure that I can provide everything for this child or children that my parents couldn't provide me growing up. So it, it is like, okay, I can spoil my kid, but there's also like, I need a, to find a way to make sure that they can be an adult when I'm not there, which is like everyone's kind of definition of a good dad. I feel like goes out the window when they are actually a dad, because they're just going to like do the best they can. Yeah. Right? Everyone's going to just try their best. Right. It's like even let's make it like a lifting example when you're on the platform like you're going to try your best everything that happened before that doesn't really matter yep right it's like you can spend your whole life trying to think about every situation of being a dad but then like when you're a dad you're just going to try your best anyways
1: yeah so. like uh i was very fortunate in that my dad was. Uh, like, I didn't see my dad for quite a few years. Uh, my parents were together, and um, but he worked like insanely hard. Like I think he set his own company up in like 1997 or something. And there, there were there years whereby like we wouldn't see him at all during the week. By the time he got home from work, or he was at work before we were up, he was getting home from work after we were asleep. So you know, you're talking like. There's whole chunks of time whereby we wouldn't have that much time with him, if any. And it was only because he was out there working to make sure me and my brother could have the best possible chance. So, like, I am where I am now, if I'm honest, because of my father, because he's done everything he could do. And that's like, I know when I have kids, like, that's the bar I have to, that's been set for me. And I will want to do that same for my kids.
0: That's beautiful, man. But Are you yeah. crying then? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But it, it brings it back to what Kyle said. Like, you know, you can see like each person will have a different definition of how to be a great dad. And probably all of us will like fuck up at some time. And that's why you have a second kid to like, you know, kind of <laughs> make it up to them with the mistakes you made with the first one. First one's a practice one. Yeah first one is the first lift is your open it right it can't go well it can't go well but it sets it up for the rest of the meet. Jesus like saying these things I hope my girlfriend first of all doesn't listen to it or like or like I should probably be arrested for this stuff that I say I, like child services will chase me not yet anyway <laughs> not
1: yet but they'll, they'll put me on the watch list hide like, this podcast when you do have kids yeah just
0: delete it it's off the internet (laughs) but yeah Uh, so yeah that's like I think at the end of the day come like it it was a good topic to go to gratitude anyways and then um, one thing I wanted to kind of close with before like just ending this is like because we have different like even the definition of gratitude is a little bit different but I want to kind of bring this back to fitness in general and do you think like how could gratitude or being grateful for the place you are or like, you know, whatever you are capable of doing can translate into becoming a better version of whatever like athletes you are or like if you any if you have goals, any goals in the fitness industry, how can that kind of feed into achieving goals with your training? I think like that's a better question.
2: Yeah, I feel like we I talked about gratitude being very similar to awareness, if not the same thing. I think a lot of people just focus on what they don't have, right? What they aren't, Mm -hmm. not like what they do have and what they can do, right? No one says like, oh, I'm grateful. I can take 10,000 steps every day until you can't take 10,000 steps every day. Then you are grateful after when you can again, right? So I think just being aware slash grateful all the time will help you not so much focus on what you aren't but help you focus on what you are and yeah. be okay with that while you better yourself in whatever way that you want. So that's how I would, that's how I kind of practice gratitude, I guess. Right. Like regardless of where I want to be, If I was just this forever, like I, I would life pretty, pretty well. I'd be pretty happy. And like being aware of that, anything above that is just a bonus. You agree with
0: that? that? That was really good, to be
1: honest. Yeah, that was literally nail on head. Like, fantastic way to go, end that one up. Yeah, exactly. Now, okay. I do have a question for Kyle. At the uh, pre-script meetup, it's only too soon away. <laughs> you know where this is going, Mahan. Oh, God. Who do you think is going to win this, in inverted commas, deadlift showdown?
2: deadlift showdown who's showing down in in the deadlift me and mahan um in terms of hair or lifting
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i think mahan's got me hair wise uh, yeah there's, there's no competition there the only person who can beat me is like the love child of joe bennett and eugene teo like those two like the hair and the beard can go together so to give you a bit of uh, what we're fighting for the title of gandalf right so we're gonna have a deadlift showdown we're gonna have like based off a percentage of our weight and like our best lifts we're gonna i think i'm going for 130 for reps and dan 135, is going for 135. and dan's going
2: for 200 for reps like in a Gandalf costume or like? Shit, yes. I'm costume. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I, I think we should also get shallow involved in this then. If...
1: Oh, no, it, it goes one stage further than this in the fact that whoever wins
2: goes head to head with shallow. Okay, This is exciting. I'm like very happy to be a fly on the wall to any of this
0: gonna shallow is gonna be like what the hell is wrong with you
2: guys (laughs) so so yeah uh regardless regardless of stipulations um i don't know dan's a big boy but mahan moves very well so it would be it would be a toss-up for me
0: Hmm. i'm just gonna quote conor mcgregor again be like precision beats power
1: Have you ever seen me
0: miss? No, actually, that is true too. I have not <laughs> seen him miss, so actually, I don't know. Nice. Yeah, to be honest, the win like winner gets Gandalf, loser gets Balrog. So I don't think there is any loser. There's or no winner. real it's, loser. Yeah. There is, like, <laughs> it's just that uh, it's for fun. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be definitely fine. Uh, with that, guys, again, like <laughs> I've told Dan as well um we don't have that many people who listen to our podcast but i would always love to leave you guys to like you know plug yourself in at the end so any plugins go for it whoever listens to this where can they find you obviously we'll put it in the like in the description anyways but
1: so you can find me with uh cast and strength underscore fitness on instagram and
2: go. Uh, You can find me at Coach Baxter on Instagram. Uh, Currently not selling anything or taking any clients, but follow for follow always. And uh, any questions slide into those DMs. Exactly. And also like if you really, if you want to know what happens behind the closed doors
0: when it comes to physio school, like uh, Kyle's Instagram is a good way to like have a window into that world. But yeah, with that, uh, I'm going to, Put this into a pause. Thank you guys for listening.